you. This morning, we're going to begin a series of messages concerning the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit, is the title of our message this morning. And so this morning is going to be kind of an overview. Uh, as we get into this time of year, interestingly enough, uh, we, we have these holidays that come up, and wonderful holidays that they are, and I'm of the mind that when we're going to have a holiday, uh, Veterans Day and Thanksgiving and, and of course then the Advent and the, and the Christmas season, uh, special messages need to be uh, given in celebration of those days and events and <coughs> seasons. And so therefore, if I begin a series like on the Holy Spirit, I find that there's going to be interruptions, and there are. Uh, and so during the next several weeks, uh, not including next week, because I'll talk about that in a moment too, uh, we're going to be doing a series of messages on the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be focusing on the Holy Spirit. I ask you to keep your hymnals open because when you just sang this song, Spirit of the Living God, number 244, I want you to look at the scripture that's written right underneath the title. And as I've mentioned frequently, uh, nearly all of the hymns are taken directly from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit taken from Scripture by, in this case, Daniel Iverson. Acts chapter 10 verse 44 says, The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. From that Scripture... He pinned these words, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And that's true of all of our hymns, most of them. I guess I should say most. Uh, that first hymn that we sang uh, is of that as well. I would like you, as we turn to hymnals, not miss that. In the very small eight-point pica print that it's hard to see for some of us, that you read that scripture before you sing the song, because then what are we doing? We're reinforcing the words that a man wrote with the words that God gave us. And that's what I would like for you to do this morning. So I've pointed it out to you, and um, that's something that we should do uh, frequently. That's one of the benefits, of course, of using a hymnal as opposed to a song sheet or uh, if we had all of the different technology in the house and overheads and all of that business where the words are up there and that's all that are there. So, Spirit of Living God comes from Acts chapter 10 and we just read the verse. So, welcome and we're so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, we are recorded. You saw me fooling around up here for a moment or two uh, and that was because I was turning you on or, oh, turning me on. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, someone mentioned my tie this morning. And for those of you that have, they're kind of regular attenders, uh, I wear a message tie every week. Uh, there's two ways in which I wear a message tie. Number one, if the, if the message of the tie speaks to what I'm going to speak about, uh, that's good news for me. Uh, sometimes the tie, it has to do with the color more than the message, although all of the ties that I wear at church all speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think, You'll all notice that, and and if you ever 
start doing a survey on my ties, you'll want to be sure and check that out. The tie I'm wearing this morning has two messages. He has the whole world in his hands. That's kind of obvious uh, with what I what I have up here. Whoops, there it is. And then the dove's all over the thing. Let's see. Dove is probably the most common symbol that we think of in a way of a physical symbol uh, for the Holy Spirit. And so it's covered with doves, and that's why I'm wearing this particular tie today. The next spirit message that I give, Holy Spirit message, uh, I hope I have another one. Otherwise, you'll get kind of tired of this one. Next week, by the way, uh, is Communion Sunday, and I'm, it's a special day uh, because I'm going to, to give uh, a special message on the communion. And someone that isn't quite here yet uh, gave me a tie that I have never seen before and never, therefore never worn that I will be wearing every communion Sunday until I go home. And it is the Leonardo da Vinci Last Supper. All, it's all there from beginning to end, from from John to whoever at the other end with Jesus in the middle. Uh, it's, it goes up and down. It doesn't go sideways. So you'll have to, if you cut, oh, there it, there it is with the last, but it fits because I've been complaining about, I've got all these message ties and I don't have a tie that really depicts the, the flavor uh, and the message, the, the thrust of communion. I do now, and you're going to see it next week. So there's a preview for next week. Next week is communion, and we're going to be talking about communion from its very beginning, uh, even to the point uh, that we uh, use it today. Uh, and then at the following week, it seems to me the following week will be Holy Spirit message, and the week after that will be Veterans message, and that way there, and then another Holy Spirit message. Thanksgiving happens somewhere around in there sometimes, so there we go. And we, anyway, that's how it works. And uh, and then we have and then we have the Advent season. I've got something special planned for the Advent season. We might get two things done during the Advent season. We might get Christmas done uh, as well as the Holy Spirit. Won't that be exciting? You know, that'll be an action-packed day. For sure. So today it's God the Holy Spirit, and this is going to be an overview. Uh, so in subsequent messages, we'll home in on some things that we're mentioning uh, here today. So you are so very welcome, and it's so wonderful that you're here for the first message. There we go. Now we got it right. <coughs> The Holy Spirit. Okay, if you read Good King James, it says Holy Ghost, and you get everybody gets oh Halloween coming up. I will not give a special Halloween message, by the way. Uh, we don't do that here. Uh, I do have candy at the door, so if you come knocking on my door on that night, costume or no, uh, you'll receive something besides that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. So. The Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about him in five different ways today, if I can squeeze it in. Uh, and we're going to talk about the deity of the Holy Spirit. The deity is very important that we understand 
concerning the deity of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about the emblems of the Holy Spirit, sins against the Holy Spirit, and that will touch on unpardonable sin uh, in that area, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, and then the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, all of that between now and fellowship time. How does that work? Okay, we'll do it pretty well. That's what we're going to try to do. And then in subsequent weeks, we'll home in on some of the things that we're going to cover in way of uh, uh, oversight today. So there we are. So the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, equal and co-equal with the Father and the Son. We should never speak of him as it. And one of the problems I think that we have sometimes is we is because we think in terms of physical terms uh, and God is not physical, God is spirit, God the Father is spirit, Jesus Christ himself now is spirit. He was physical for a moment, 33 years or so moment, uh, and became spirit again. Uh, Jesus pre-exists. Jesus has always been, just as God always has been, and that is also true of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is God in the same way that God is God. He is set forth in the Bible as being distinct from the Father and the Son. He's got a special uh, job to do, a special purpose uh, that he's involved in. In the Genesis account of creation, we see him actively engaged in the act of creation, actually, along with the Father and the Son. He came upon men to empower them. Uh, and when they were disobedient, uh, he departed from them. And one of the things that we sometimes stumble on in the Old Testament, and we think in terms of David, when David prayed uh, his prayer of anguish over the, the Bathsheba incident, uh, he begged that the Spirit not be taken from him. And, and then and some of us, not necessarily anybody here, but there are people today that are therefore afraid that the Holy Spirit can be taken from me, a believer, because, ooh, I did this, I did the other thing, and, you know, whatever it might have been, whatever reason I might have had, the grievous sin, um, I gossiped about someone or did something wrong, uh, that the Holy Spirit would leave me. And that's not true. Because we are sealed in the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about that uh, uh, more later on. But David was concerned, and so, uh, and he made that prayer. And it's a good prayer because it speaks in terms of the person of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And so we, we think in terms of the deity of the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> we're going to uh, begin then uh, as we talk about the deity first. That's point one. Uh, but let's pray now that our mind is focused where God would have it to be, and that's upon himself in his triune nature. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, let's set it all aside. We don't care what's for lunch. We're here now to focus upon you. Show us what you would have us to see Bring us closer to you in the things that we are able to do and see today. And we pray these things in your name, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. The deity of the Holy Spirit. God, or pardon me, the Spirit is God. And one of the, and I'll have to admit that I, I almost want to do a commercial, uh, because, uh, in Bible study today we, we touched on this. Uh, the Bible is a story about God. The hero of the Bible is God. It's not David. It's not Moses. It's not Abraham. All of the big names in scripture. It's not even, it's not Mary. It's not Joseph. New Testament. It's not Peter. Not Paul. Paul calls, calls himself the, the sinner of sinners, the chief of sinners. It's God. It's God. And so everything that is here is to illustrate for you and for me uh, that he is God, that he is God, and we see his characteristics in what we see in the Bible and how he deals with these various individuals. And I just finished the name dropping. Acts chapter 5, verses uh, 3 and 4, read this way. But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. Okay, so there, there's that first mention, and I'm reading King James, so there's the word ghost for you. Holy Spirit, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? And to keep back a part of the price of the land. While it remained, going on, verse 4, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Those last three words are the key to what we're talking about here. Unto God. You've lied to the Holy Spirit, he says in verse 3. And in verse 4, he says you've lied unto God. God, Holy Spirit, deity. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And that's important for us to understand because the idea of there being a separate entity, their idea of there being, uh, we got all kinds of different things floating around out there. Uh, we need to, to bring that into focus and understand that when we have a triune God, we have three individuals, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all operating to one purpose. And what's the purpose? Well, if we talk about the Father, the Father, uh, we see him in creation. We see him creating Adam, uh, breathing the breath of life into Adam, etc., etc. And he loved us so much that he was willing to send his son, John 3.16. And his son was sent. And so God, so the son, Jesus Christ, was sent. And he was sent for a time to be a physical person as you and I had to breathe, had to eat, had to sleep, uh, all of the... All of those wonderful things that we have to do as human beings, Jesus had to do in the time that he was here. To do what? To illustrate. Illustrate for what? Illustrate for you. Illustrate for me. And then the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about uh, that deliverance uh, a little later. When Jesus was getting ready to go, he said to the disciples, he said, now I'm leaving but I'm going to I wouldn't I'm going to leave in order that there'll be another that will come and will be there a comfort for you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you nor forsake you. 
uh, well, who's that? Moses coming back? Abraham? No, no, no. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. In what form? In the form of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within everyone that is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone that believes in God has the indwelling Holy Spirit. And Scripture tells us unequivocally that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And we'll talk about how difficult that would be in human uh, thinking uh, as we go along. So, <clears throat> he's everywhere. He's everywhere present in the universe, Psalm uh, 139 tells us. He has all power. Who is he? We're talking Holy Spirit. He has all power. Uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 35 shares us with that. See, there is there where you could be writing some notes and you could be looking it up and see if I'm not lying to you. He has all knowledge. <coughs> he knows all that there is to know about the most important person in the world, and that's you. He knows all about you. He knows you. And because he knows you so very, very well, he can care for you like you cannot be cared for by anyone else. Period. That's the Holy Spirit. All knowledge. Page, well, that's page number, excuse me. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. He's eternal. Hebrews chapter 9. Eternal. If he's God, he is eternal. We go back and we talk about in the beginning, God. So he pre-existed before the beginning. The very first phrase in Scripture tells us that. And we're going to be with him for all of eternity. And there's no end to eternity. Eternity goes on and on and on. Do we understand that in a physical sense? Absolutely, positively not. Absolutely, positively not. There's got to be a beginning, boom, and there's got to be an end. And physically speaking, I had a beginning, and that was August the 8th, 19, one of those years back there. And that was the beginning. And there's going to be an end, you know, whenever, I don't know when that is, but that's, but that's going to happen too. There's going to be an end, beginning, end, all done, all finished. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to be spending eternity with God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so are you, if you too have accepted uh, God as your Savior. Okay, so he's eternal. His deity is revealed uh, in his name. Uh, in the baptism of the believer, he is revealed. In the apostolic benediction, he is, he is revealed. He is revealed. The Holy Spirit over and over again is revealed. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. Read the Christmas story again and focus on all of the characters, all of the words of the scripture. Unfortunately for us human beings, when we read, uh, when we read anything actually in Bible as well, we oftentimes say, well, this is a story about Mary. And so we're focused on Mary. Mary did this. Mary did the other thing. And Mary, and all of a sudden. But think about Mary. The angel came to Mary. And in the power of the Holy Spirit spoke to Mary. And then you know what happened. And, and so on. 
the Holy Spirit came upon Joseph in a dream. I'm pulling, pulling from a, a Bible story that everybody knows. Uh, at least just about everybody here knows for sure. Uh, and that's the Christmas story. But it's, an illust- it's illustrative of what we're talking about. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit for service. Think of the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was when he went to the water with John the Baptist. What happened when he went down and submitted himself into baptismal waters? Dove from heaven, voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, the scripture tells us. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit. There's the doves. There they are. See them? And guess what he's... Oh, and he's got a world in his hands. See, I'm using my tie today. Good for me. Only because somebody mentioned my tie or I'd have forgotten. I put it on and I forget what's there. Uh, but there we are. So we have the fact that he's uh, anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Spirit. He allowed himself... Think about this. When we when we talk about Jesus submitted himself uh, to be a man, to lowering himself to be a man, setting aside his godly prerogatives, that's the word I wanted, what was happening? He was allowing himself to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do anything. Jesus did not do a single miracle on his own. In those 33 years. Every single miracle that was accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ in that physical form was accomplished by the power of the of God. As Jesus prayed to God, those things occurred. And that includes raising of Lazarus and water to wine and all of that business. Everything. It's all the power of God. And what was the purpose of the miracles? I'm getting uh, astray, astray a little bit. Scripture clearly tells us the purpose of the miracles was to illustrate who he was in order that the disciples might believe the Scripture tells us. And that's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. He was crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? But Jesus. Jesus was crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit. Into thy hands I commend what? My spirit. My spirit, he said. He was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see that in Romans chapter 8. And it goes on and on and on. So this deity, this idea of deity is so very clearly given to us as we look at these various things that we kind of read as a little story. Well, I, yeah, I know that story. I know the crucifixion story or Easter story. I know the Christmas story. I know, I know this story and that story and that story. <laughs> but all of those stories are in a timeline. And somebody gave me a book today uh, that is the Bible. And the Bible... And the way the book is written, and I've never seen this book before, and I'm already anxious to read it, it's the story, a continuous story of the Bible. Continuous story. Once upon a time, you know, that kind of thing. And it, and it flows just that way. All of these things have a connecting thread. Everything has a connecting thread. 
from Genesis to Revelation. It's all on a continual thread or rope or chain or whatever you want to call it. And what is that? God loves you very, very much. Because the scripture tells the one that everybody knows, everybody can quote this one, be it King James or NIV or whatever version it is. For God so loved the world. There it is, period. That phrase right there says it all. That's the sum of this entire book. For God so loved the world. Okay, now I'm going to prove it to you. That, and then he did what he did. Gave his only begotten son. In order that you might have life. And you might have life for all of eternity. Holy Spirit is God. The emblems of the Holy Spirit. Emblems of the Holy Spirit. In Luke, it reads this way. John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, and I've already mentioned this, but one mightier than I cometh and last, uh, and whose uh, shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Well, there's the emblem. The emblem is the fire, but Holy Spirit. There's that deity again. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's what? That's Jesus coming to be baptized of John. And it's he, that's the he that John is talking about in our Luke passage uh, that is going to provide for you an avenue to the Holy Spirit. The emblem. emblem, And the emblem of a fire. There's that fire. Fire speaks of a consuming. Consuming. All consuming. I've been completely consumed by the Holy Spirit. And we know what consumption of fire is. We actually had people that were coming here for a while that were residents of Paradise, California that was completely consumed, an entire city consumed by that raging fire some months ago. There's a trailer park in Thermal that has been completely consumed by fire. Completely, cons- We are completely consumed, enveloped by the Holy Spirit. Not unto death, but unto life. Unto life. So fire. Wind is an emblem. Wind speaks of his hidden power to the believer. Overflowing with spiritual life. The wind of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the wind is like a whisper. And I'll have to admit, we, we sit in our living room in, in Cathedral City. And I've got a tree out in front that is my wind gauge. Uh, and I look out the window and I see doing just that. No big deal. When I see the trees doing that, no big deal. I don't even consider that wind. Do you? It's when the palm trees start doing this. That's something that's something we gotta pay attention to, doesn't it? But the wind, he's like a he's like the wind, his mighty power, his hidden power. Water's an emblem of the Holy Spirit. Speaks of his power to fill the believer 
with overflowing spiritual life. As you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, you become overcome with His power. And when you walk out in that power, you're able to do great and mighty things. And that is what the heroes of the Bible are all about. Moses did heavy stuff because he was overpowered by the Holy Spirit. Abraham did important stuff because he was overpowered by the Holy Spirit. Joshua did, and David did, and and it goes on and it goes on and on and on. And then we come into the New Testament and we can talk about the New Testament in the same way. Mary, we talked about her already. Joseph, we've talked about him briefly. Paul, Paul was a zealot. Paul was an enemy of God in his zeal against the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit came upon him on that road to Damascus. And what happened to him? He was completely consumed by the Holy Spirit and became, some people say, the greatest missionary that ever lived. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. He's a seal. He speaks of his ownership of the believer. I'm sealed in the Holy Spirit. I could give a military analogy here, but I don't think I will today. Uh, oil is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. Oil speaks of his power to anoint for service. Anointing for service. That's what that anointing uh, situation is about. And oil, the anointing in today's uh, economy uh, is being misused. And we'll talk about that probably later on in our series of messages. And then, of course, the dove. The dove is an emblem of what? It speaks of his gentle, tender, peaceful nature. We think in terms of the dove of peace. We think in terms of Noah. And he sends out what? A dove. And the dove comes back with the olive branch, indicating that the water's receding and the flood quote is over. And so, you know, read the passage again. It's worth your reading. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is active and working in the lives of his people. And then we have the sins against the Holy Spirit. And here again, these ideas that you can sin against the Holy Spirit indicates that the Spirit is is more than just the wind. The Spirit is a being. The Spirit is an entity. The Spirit is real. The Spirit is God. It's a solemn thing. The sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is considered to be the unbelieving sin, the unpardonable sin. And we know the unpardonable sin is not confessing the Lord Jesus Christ in your last breath. Because if you don't accept the Lord Jesus Christ, between here and your physical end, it's your spiritual end as well. Because it's there that the crossroads are made known to you. There's going the left way and going the right. Oh, that's political. I don't want to do that. But 
you got the idea. There's heaven and there's hell. Unpardonable sin. Unpardonable sin is rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ for eternity. There it is. That's it. That's it. Anything else. Anything else. Jesus went to the cross for. Jesus went to the cross for your sin. Singular word meaning in plurality. For your sin. Because all of the, all of the no-nos, they're all sin. And there's no ranking of sin. Only in your mind is there a ranking of sin. Well, I've never killed anybody. I've never raped anybody. I've, you know, and all of those. So therefore, I must be a pretty neat guy. And I'm sinless. I've never done any of those terrible six of the Ten Commandment things. Physical sin. Over sin. I haven't done them. But I have told falsehood about a friend. I have gossiped. I have done this. I've done this other thing. Yes, I did steal that apple, etc., etc. Sin. Sin. Not unpardonable sin, but sin. Sin that can be given. First John 1 9. If you confess your sins, He's what? He's faithful. Who's He? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is faithful to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness what the Bible says. Sin. Resisting the Holy Spirit. The sin is committed by the unbeliever when he rejects Christ as Lord. And we've talked about that already. The sin of grieving the Holy Spirit is committed by believers. Uh, he's grieved uh, by us unless he controls our lives to the glory of Jesus Christ. Hey, I've come to live in you for a purpose. And you have to choose to follow that purpose. You have to choose to be the person that God would have you to be. And I'm here to help you every step of the way to get there. But if you turn your back on me, that's sin. That's sin. Sin against what? Sin against the God. Sin against the Holy Spirit. When David confessed his sin, Shame on him. He did them all. I mean, murder, you name them, he did them. All of them. He did them all. He pretty much almost did all ten of them all at once. Almost. Clean, got it all done. And what did he say? He said, I've sinned against God. My sin is against God. Not my sin is against Bathsheba. Or my sin is against Uriah. Or my sin against, I've sinned against the people because I've lied to my people. No, 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 no. I've sinned against God. When I stole that apple, when I counted my change and found that I was overpaid and I didn't give the money back, that's stealing and that's sin against God. Not Target or Walmart or wherever. Well, it is that too. But it's sin against God. 
and the sin of lying. Now, we already talked about that, the sin of lying. And you can read that whole passage yourself, and you should. Acts chapter 5, verses about 1 through 10 or 11, if I remember correctly. Where Ananias sold a piece of land. And he gave a portion of the money that he received from the land to the church. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Pat him on the head. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful giving thing? And he said, I sold the land and I gave it all to the work of the Lord. That was a lie. Puffing himself up. And what did <coughs> Acts Peter, what did Peter say? You've sinned against God. You sinned against the Holy Spirit. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. And what happened to Ananias? Well, he went home that day. He went home that day. He was no longer needed as a physical presence on the earth. And his wife was culpable in the sin as well. And she followed him. Read it for yourself. Lying against the Holy Spirit. So that's that's that lying business. Lying's important stuff. And then we have the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit. Convicts men of sin. Work of the Holy Spirit. Verses 7 through 9 in John chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you to uh, for you that I go away, for it will not, if I don't go away, Jesus speaking, the Comforter, another name for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent. That's the work. Convict men of sin. Convict men that Jesus is the righteous God. That he is the power that breaks the power of Satan. He regenerates the believer. He turns you from filth to pure as white, you've sung the song, as, as white as snow. Washed in the blood. That doesn't make sense. Seals the believer. Baptizes the believer. Infills the believer. I'm infilled by the Holy Spirit. Empowers the believer. Leads the believer. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. All of those things. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does for me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And then we ended up with the fruit of the Spirit. Now you know what the fruit of the Spirit is. Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, I just ran them off for you. There you are. Joy is love's strength. Think about that. Joy is love's strength. 
Peace is love's security. Long-suffering is love's patience. Gentleness is love's conduct. Goodness is love's character. Faith is love's confidence. Meekness is love's humility. And temperance, or self-control, is love's victory. And then the scripture says, against these things, there is no law. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to provide you with those very things. He will help you in every single one of those things. Is the Holy Spirit working in your life today? I can unequivocally say, unequivocally, ooh, say yes, He is. If He's here, He's working. If He's here, He's working. But like an erring child, I can correct my granddaughters. My, my granddaughter, Sasha, seven years old, smartest girl I've ever met at seven years old. And I'm not bragging on my granddaughter just because she's my granddaughter. Some of you have met her. But when my granddaughter has got her mind somewhere else, my spiritual voice speaks to her and she hears me not. Have you ever been in that situation? She hears me not. Sasha, don't do that. Sasha, don't do that. Maybe I'm not saying it loud enough. I mean, I'm only I'm three feet away from her. Sasha, don't do that. Sasha, oh, oh I hurt myself. Sasha, you got the idea. Her mind, she's gone. She's somewhere else. The spirit's there. Correct, correction is there. Have you been there? Have you been the Sasha that I'm talking about? (coughs) The spirit is there. The spirit will overcome you. The spirit will, it will empower you, will regenerate you for the purpose of God. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that what we want to happen? The Holy Spirit controlled person needs no law to cause him to live righteously because the Spirit guides him. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, etc. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you this day for sending this comforter, for us knowing who he is and what he's about. Let us be sensitive to his gentle calling, that we might be guided in the path that you have laid before us. And for this we give thanks. And praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we are on page 570. Nope, that's not right. 569. (laughs) So make me a blessing.
highways and byways of life. Carry the sunshine where darkness is right.